This scripture comes from the, the second chapter of Matthew. Begins with the first verse. And I'm sure it'll be familiar to you. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Here ends the reading. So we had hoped that it would be Christmas Eve 2017. We had hoped that it would be Christmas Eve 2018. We had hoped that it would be a great reveal. The epiphany of our Lord today. What, may you ask, am I talking about? The great reveal of the newly reimagined and renovated sanctuary. But no. All we get today is a revealing epiphany, it's called. The retelling of a story that we have heard and we know so well that it often just becomes backdrop in the hangover of New Year's. I mean, the story of the Magi coming and visiting Jesus, we actually conflate often right into our Christmas services and we think that that all happens at one time. It just becomes this big glob of something that happens all together at once. That it's like Jesus, Mary has, has Jesus in the manger and all of a sudden, you know, five minutes later, the shepherds show up and ten minutes after that, the magi sh- you know, just roll on in because everybody's just been, you know, anticipating because Mary sent out birth announcements. Probably didn't happen, you know. No Google Maps. No instant messaging. At least of the kind that we have today. We had hoped to have you sit in brand new chairs today. To sit and to smell 
that lovely odor of fresh paint, of newly cut wood, of carpet that had been installed. We had hoped that what you would hear were the glorious tunes coming from brand new speakers and a big screen to behold the glory of the great reveal. We had hoped to introduce you to this space in such a way that that we could continue to imagine what this newly renovated space might offer us in terms of things that would be good for us as a congregation, but also what we might be able to do in God's name because of that. But all we get today is a story, a revealing of a child born not in a hospital with you know, with, with, real, with soft lights and, and, and couches and, 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 and attendants hanging around. But of a child king, born to bring all the nations hope, light, and peace. A child king, yes, born, born for you, born for me but not a child king that we can own, that isn't just ours, ours individually, but came for the whole world. That's part of the story here is the epiphany, is the revealing of Jesus and the revealing of God's glory for all the nations to see. That this child king didn't just come even though he was prophesied by the Hebrew scriptures and the Hebrew prophets, he didn't just come for them. He came for all people. That all people might not just come to hear about Jesus, but that they might come to know Jesus and to know a God that looks each person in the eye and says, I know you. Before you knew yourself, I knew you. And even though you may have a complicated relationship with yourself and with other people, I love you. And I'm so in love with you. I'm so enamored with you that I'm willing to give myself utterly and completely for you so that you might hear this message and you might walk away from the things that keep you from living fully into this beloved life that I want to give you and that I've already given you. This child king would defy all of the expectations that the scriptures had for him, that the people who followed him had for him, because This king did not leave behind any monuments or temples. In fact, he said, I'm going to tear this one down. Oh, and then it'll be rebuilt in three days. Because he was not trying to build temples in the sky. Those would come later and his followers would build temples for him. Edifices like this one. In which to worship and to serve and to give But he came because he wanted to build a temple in our hearts. He wanted to build a place inside of us 
by giving us the Holy Spirit, that then we might share that temple with all people. That we might become the kind of people that we were born to be. Those of generosity, those of service, those who talk of love and hope and grace. This child king defied all expectations because basically he, he brought around himself all sorts of ne'er-do-wells, as we might call them. Right? Let's name a few. The demon-possessed, the prostitutes, the sinners, tax collectors, fishermen, women, children, addicts, alcoholics, general troublemakers, high officials, priests, leaders, all came around him. And he drew out of them a beauty that they never knew they possessed. Because he honored what he knew about them, which was that they had been created and formed for a purpose by a God who looks them in the eye and says, I know you. And I love you. And so, while we thought we would, in some ways, begin a new chapter in the life of of Westminster, all we get today is the remembrance of a new chapter in the life of the world. In the life of all creation in the life of all the nations, in the life of all people. And so, yes, while we await with great expectation our return to this place that we've been many, many times, but we've never been in before, this reimagined and renovated sanctuary, while we celebrate that journey, the sacrifices that all of us have made, the hours and hours and hours of work that people have put in to to make this possible, the financial commitments that we've made to to help uh, pay for what we think is, is something that God wants us to do and that will be used as a tool for God's mission and ministry. Let's not forget what all we are doing is in service of. Or maybe I should say, who it is in service of. It's in service of this one who was once a child king. Who became this unlikely leader who didn't build sanctuaries or temples. Who didn't raise up armies. Who drew around himself the most unlikely of people people like you and me, this child king who on his last day, alive, his followers after his death said, we had hoped he would be the one to lead us. But there was another epiphany yet to come. For he would rise from the dead. And he would vindicate all that he had been teaching. He would shake the powerful in their power and he would 
call all those ne'er-do-wells back to themselves, back to the glory that he had shown in them and said, everything is possible in me. You may think that the world has it locked down on you and has the last word on you. But that is not true. I had the first word on you. I am the Alpha and the Omega, and so I will have the last word on you. And that is, I know you. I love you. And you are always mine. And so he calls us today. He calls us today to be the kind of people who don't put our hope in things. But see the material goods of this world as gifts to be used to show forth the truth of God's message for all people which is that there is something more than what we can see and taste and touch and feel going on around us and in us. And that we, by virtue of being given the Holy Spirit, have the power of the universe right within us to bring about healing and hope and restoration in a world that would want to go down into darkness. And so we are the ones who are being called to draw all people into his love. So that all people might not just be able to say, well, I've heard of Jesus. But that through us, they might be able to say, I hear Jesus. And Jesus has called me by name. Jesus knows me and loves me so much that I can reach out in love and hope and grace for others. This is the great reveal. This is the epiphany of our Lord. Amen.